Here we are. We are back. It is Across the Tracks. Across the Tracks podcast. Yes, we are back in living color on Sunday. I think it's July the 19th, and it's National Ice Cream Day. (laughs) I know, and I didn't have any today, man. I didn't have any today. I'm trying to cut back a little bit. Yeah, you know, after the show, I'm going to have me a comb (laughs) while I watch the shy and uh, and celebrate National Ice Cream Day. My wife's like, you don't need any ice cream. But I'm like, National <laughs> Ice Cream Day. <laughs> I know. Lynn and I have been been tearing the hell out of some Klondike bars in the past few weeks. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. We used to so do that. We, we, we to... said we're just going to cut back on that. So she didn't buy it. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we used to do Klondike bars. And uh, I remember, man, when we were living in Boston, we we took the train. Uh, we take the train down to Manhattan, and uh, from Boston and go go down to Manhattan. And uh, the first time we went down there, man, Dove bars had just started to come out, right? And I think the whole weekend where we were down there, we ate Dove bars and hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Good for your waistline, brother. <laughs> yeah, we we the, we were walking around. Every time we'd see a stand at Dove Bar, we get a Dove Bar. Like, man, these things are great. And then eating those Sabret hot dogs, man. That, that oh, wow. that's, that's what we ate for the weekend. So I know, man, about Klondike's. Man, I love some Klondike bars. So. <laughs> yeah, if they yeah. could put them on a stick, it'd be better. But that's all right. Yeah. But they're they're good just like they are, man. The old school classic Klondikes. Yep, absolutely, yep. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So uh, tonight's episode is uh, taking on a different tone than probably what we had planned, uh, based upon you know the uh, show we had laid out midweek in our discussions, uh, uh, texting and whatnot. Uh, the show has taken a different turn due to the passing of John Lewis. So tonight we are going to focus on, um, you know, civil rights icons. Not only did John Lewis pass, but the Reverend C.T. Vivian passed as well. So tonight the show is going to focus on these two giants of the civil rights era and, uh, you know, what they meant to the movement, uh, our reflections, and, you know, what can we do as, um, you know, black men and women offer this, for example, in the lieu of what's going on across the country? And it could be what, for any anybody. I mean, anybody, this, I mean anybody. what they did was for all Americans, you right. know, for, for right. sure, Absolutely. but concentrated on, um, you know, black civil rights and so on. So, right. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the discussion tonight. Um, and so I think it's going to be lively. It's going to be spirited. And uh, we're looking forward to it. So um, I'll let you kick it off, my friend. Um, you are a history teacher, and your perspective may be a bit different than mine because you you were involved in the subject of history. And so I'll let you kick it off tonight with your reflections on the passings of a uh, passing of these two giants of uh, that era. So over to yeah, you. Sure, absolutely, man. This is. Uh kind of a, a, a sad topic, but, you know, it's a topic that's worthy uh, to be discussed. Um, we are we are in the uh, present time seeing some of our civil rights icons uh, pass. Now, when as we were growing up during the uh, 60s, these gentlemen uh, were just making their um, names known because of the fight for civil rights. 
you know, there's the uh, there's the Mount Rushmore of American icons, you know, George Washington, Washington, Thomas and Jefferson, uh, Abraham Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt. Well, for the civil rights era, the, the, the Mount Rushmore for civil rights would be John Lewis, A. Philip Randolph, uh, Roy Wilkins, uh, Whitney Young, and of course, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and um, one other guy, uh, James Farmer. These were the guys that were responsible for pushing a lot of people to open up and allow black voices to be heard, black rights to be uh, discussed, and to take on the blunt, brutal aspects of of uh, the civil rights movement. And John Lewis uh, is definitely one that's there. Now, a lot of people just, you know, as far as John Lewis started, I mean, just think. He was 18 years old when he began his his march towards civil rights. Yep. You know, as a I think he was a college student at the American Baptist uh, Seminar yep. in Nashville, yep. maybe. Yep. Yep. And um, it was um, C.T. Vivian and Diane Nash and, you know, students from um Fish University, Mahari Medical University College, and um, I can't think of the other uh, school right there in Nashville. Fisk, oh, Tennessee State. Tennessee State. Yeah, they were all, uh, you know, uh, icons or uh, leaders of the sit-ins that, that started the movement. You know, of course, going back to um, the early, early 50s and early 40s, uh, we talk about C.T. Vivian. And I mean, yeah, C.T. Vivian. And he was there with A. Philip Randolph, who in 1947, I think it was, that actually uh, came across the idea of having their first march on Washington. And so he was able to put enough pressure on the uh, administration that we're going to have so many black folks show up in in Washington, D.C. to protest for civil rights that the president at that time, I think it was Franklin Roosevelt, either Roosevelt or Truman, said, hey, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, uh, we'll we'll uh, allow you voices to be heard. you know, Fannie Mae Hamer uh, was also, you know, starting to get started back then as, as a youngster. And just to, to think of John Lewis as as someone that was at age 18 to um, step forward and say, I'm going to lead this. Um, he was a leader of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. I mean, just think of his Think of his legacy. At 18, he was involved in sit-ins in Nashville. Yep. Uh, uh, he was one. He was on the uh, Freedom Rides that took yep. place in yep. uh, 60, 
63, 64, I think it was. And then, of course, he was, you know, at the head of the group that marched across the Edmund Pettus Bridge on March 7th, uh, 65, which is best known for, known as Bloody Sunday, in which they were going to march from Selma to Montgomery for voting rights. Yep. Yep. You know, so, I mean, throughout his life, he was a, a fighter for justice. Even in, even in 2016, he led a sit-in in the capital of the United States government uh, after the uh, Pulse uh, nightclub shooting down in Orlando, Florida uh, in tw- uh, yeah, 2016. And that sit-in was for, uh, for gun control. You know, so John Lewis, uh, I mean, he was also the last uh, surviving speaker on the watch, the march on Washington, D.C. in 1963. All those people that spoke have all passed on and he was the last one. And, and, And his significance role in that is that, you know, he had to Martin Luther King Jr., had to tell him that he had to change his speech to be not so negative towards the Kennedy administration because, you know, in order to get things done, you have to compromise. And so Martin Luther King Jr. went to John Lewis and said, hey, man, you know, can you calm your speech down just a little bit so that it doesn't make the president look too bad? Because, you know, of course, at that time, you know, civil rights was still uh, a sore spot for a lot of a lot of folks, you know. And so he he changed his speech around, gave his speech and um, was able to uh, continue to move on. And in something that he called, I want to make good trouble, Yep. you know, um, do it the right way. Do it. Do things the right way. It doesn't have to be violent. You have to do things the right way. And after all the things that he done, you know, he's never had a bitter heart. I mean, he's arrested four times at the at, at the uh, uh, Freedom Rides. I want to say in Anniston, Mississippi, or Anniston, Alabama. I take it back. Yeah, Anniston, Alabama. Yep. Uh, yeah, he was. You know, his head was busted open. Uh, Jimmy Swerg was with him, a white guy who they, they beat him up as well. And then of course at Buddy Sunday, his, his skull was fractured as well. So, I mean, he, he had a lot of scars and, and with that, you know, he continued to the last day from my understanding the last day that he was living, um, he was still fighting for civil rights. He was still fighting to get a bill passed for voting rights on the yep. last day of his life. Talking about a, a life of service, you can't you can't say more than that than in John L. Lewis. Absolutely. Uh, you you mentioned at the beginning of your discourse uh, the Mount Rushmore civil rights icons, and I totally agree with you. Um, you know, you and I, and and a lot of folks like us, man, we are we are tremendously privileged because of the work that C.T. Vivian, John Lewis, Bayard Rustin, mm-hmm. A. Philip Randolph, all these folks, man, they put in the work, they sacrificed, 
you know, not worrying about their their lives. You know, they were out there on the front lines, man, front line, laying it down, man. Um, when we were watching all the tributes yesterday that were coming in um, in response to John Lewis's passing, something that really, man, me and my wife were watching the news and uh, Senator Cory Booker was on. And he said something, man, and we're like, damn, that is profound because we're like, he is absolutely right. And Cory Booker said, he said, here I was, I was a young, um, you know, getting into politics and they said, you know, we want you to come and be a part of this committee or something that they wanted him to be a part of. And they said, and then they told him, oh, by the way, John Lewis is going to be there. So he's like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, you know, he 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 knew John Lewis. He looked up to John Lewis. But he's like, who am I, man? He said, I'm some privileged kid from the suburbs, yep. you know, who hasn't been through what this guy has been through. And I'm going to be sitting in the same space with this guy. And then he said what I thought, man, was tremendously profound. He said, John Lewis, he said, I equate John Lewis as to someone who has dug a well and all of us black people. And like you said, a lot of, a lot of the, what you said, something else, man, a lot of the folks who were out there on the front lines fighting for civil rights, it wasn't just about black people, man. They, they wanted everyone to have the opportunity. It was, it was primarily for us to be treated as equal citizens in this society, but you had a lot of white people supporting these guys in the marches and whatnot. So, right. It, it was about humanity. And so Coey Booker says, you know, John Lewis is, is I equate him. He, he has dug a well. And all of us should be privileged to drink water from a well that we have not dug. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's profound. Yeah. And, 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 and every day you and I and, and, and people like, you know, we, man, we. We have been tremendously blessed, man, and and we can't we can't do what we do. We wouldn't be on these airwaves if not for the work that John Lewis, C.T. Vivian, and other icons of that era, the '60s. We were both born in the late '50s, so we saw the '60s, and we've talked about it on the broadcast. We saw the '60s and the turmoil and and all the stuff, and we were sort of insulated from it. But we saw it on the TV, and maybe we didn't grasp it at the time. But these men, man, were they were they were putting in the work and they backed it up. And so, yeah, we, we are privileged to drink water from that well that uh, people like John Lewis and C.T. Vivian have dug, man. And so uh, I agree wholeheartedly with your comments um, about what these two men mean or meant uh, to the movement. And, uh, you know, hopefully um, we as as a black community we can grasp what the significance of their work. We, we need to honor their lives. And the way we do that is we got to get out and vote. We got to vote. We, we have to exercise that right that has been paid for in blood, sweat and tears. And so for people to think that, you know, they're going to hold their vote hostage because they don't like the current nominee of this party or whatnot, or they being they're being influenced by rappers and other people to say, you know, why are you doing this? We need to think, man, and 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 pay homage to what 
these two men have done to give us that right to cast a ballot in the first place. Right. You know? So that that's my view on it. And uh, I, I it, it was sad, man, to hear that uh, that Mr. Lewis had passed and C.T. Vivian. Uh, C.T. Vivian was um, granted the medal of the Presidential Medal of Freedom, uh, I think, in 2013 by President Obama. And John Lewis received the Presidential Medal of Freedom also from President Obama. So right. I, I know that John Lewis was and probably C.T. Vivian as well. They're like, wow, a black president, you know, because the world in a lot of ways, it has gotten better. But there's still a lot of work to be done because what's happening in the streets right now, we haven't achieved uh, everything that these two men uh, marched. They were beaten up, uh, you know. They put in the work, so we ha- we got a lot more things to do to to bring uh, their work to three three hundred sixty degrees and and see see everything come to full fruition. So yeah, yeah. I mean, three hundred sixty degrees in three hundred sixty five days a year. Yes, because you know both both John Lewis and C T Vivian uh, put in that work three hundred sixty five days a year, and they did not they did not back down to anything. And, you know, going going to uh, C.T. Vivian, you know, he was considered by Martin Luther King Jr. to be the best preacher that he ever knew. Yep. You know, um, C.T. Vivian was the guy that was in the background. He was the silent partner to all of this. He was a he was a he consulted. But he wasn't the guy that says, I'm going to step out here. Right. This right. is about me. Right. You know, he, he didn't he didn't believe in any of that. You know, I, I'll never forget. Remember the Eyes in the Prize series that was out yeah. on PB on PBS. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll, I'll never forget uh, C.T. Vivian confronting uh, uh, Sheriff uh, Jim Clark in Selma over voting rights. Yep. Yep. And um, and and Jim Clark wanted to to uh, try to ignore him. And C.T. Vivian said, you know, you can turn your back on me now and keep your club in your hand, but you'll never you can never beat down justice. Right. And that kind of pissed Jim Clark off. And Jim Clark turned around and as they started to push these guys back. Jim Clark punched C.T. Vivian in the face and he ended up getting like 10 or 11 stitches and he, he knocked him to his feet and C.T. Vivian stepped up. And I remember this and says, you know what, we're willing to be beaten for democracy and you misuse democracy in these streets. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and then he went on and he got, you know, stitches in his face and so on, but it never it never stopped him from uh, moving forward and pushing forward and being a teacher and being a consoler. Uh, C.T. Vivian was that guy that was there all the time. Uh, he was, as I mentioned earlier, he was one of the people that that uh, got Diane Nash and John Lewis and other people in the Nashville area to start boy, boy Scott boycotting downtown businesses and having sit-ins and so mm-hmm. on. So, yep. Uh, yep. yeah, just a, just a 100% uh, true-blooded American, I'm, I'm throw that out there, that fought for individual rights. And, yep. and, and to this day, 
you know, Congress, the House of Representatives, passed another Voting Rights Act in which the Supreme Court on a five to four decision threw out a few years ago. They passed that and it's sitting on Moscow Mitch's desk right now. Yeah. Yep. To be brought up on the Senate. And yep. Moscow Mitch or Yertle the Turtle doesn't want to bring <laughs> it up because he knows that it's going to be voted for and it's going to be voted for probably in the positive. Especially yep. this being an election year. That's right. You know, it, that's it, right. You know, the voting rights, you know, the 13th Amendment, the 14th Amendment and the 15th Amendment was in the 1860s, 70, 1860s, 70s. And so we're still having to fight for something that that was developed then. And right, right. people just don't want to give folks the right to vote. They always come up with an excuse to keep people subservient. Yep. We don't want you to be equal. We think that, you know, especially if you think about the South, there are more black folks in the South than there are white folks. And they don't yeah, want absolutely. black folks. They don't want yeah. black folks in the South to take control of the state legislatures and local governments. You know, yeah. if they could just come together and say that we're going to do this, they cannot black folks. No one can sit out this election. As you mentioned earlier, you cannot sit out this election at all. Nope. And and it harkens back to our, our broadcast from last week. You know, we talked about all lives matter. Well, all lives matter until, oh, we don't want you to vote. We, 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 we want to stifle that opportunity for you to vote. And I don't know why. And, and to me, I thought it was so hypocritical yesterday. All these people are often platitudes about John Lewis, but yet you're stifling this the, the this voting rights bill that's sitting on the Senate majority leader's desk. You won't put the bill up for vote. It's hypocritical. Yeah. You know, so why why do you open your mouth to say anything about this great man when you can't even pass the bill that he was beaten, marched, whatever, spat upon, whatnot? You can't even pass this bill. So it was so hypocritical, man. And my wife and I said, shut up. Don't say a word. Yes, exactly. You know, don't say a word because yeah. you cannot do what this guy has been fighting his entire life for. And that is the simple right for every citizen, especially black Americans, to have the right to vote. And um, as we said, we need to do our part. We cannot sit home this year. I think it was what? Uh, was it six six million black Americans didn't vote? Was it was it in the last election? Yes, yeah. I mean that's appalling. That's yeah. appalling. And so th this now, is they, they're gonna they, they're going to use that six million. Say if they six million didn't vote this time, then we'll get six million not to vote next time. Right. And that's right. why they're playing these games at these polling places, like in Louisville, Kentucky. You got one vote polling right. place for six hundred thousand people. Right, right. They just—they're just, just going to say that, you know, if we can frustrate them in in May or June, then it's going to be much easier for them to be frustrated in November when it comes time to vote because they quit once, so they're just going to yeah. quit again. Yeah. And so strategically, they're playing this game. They're playing the old okie doke, and we have got to be strong. Everybody's got to be strong and get out there and vote. 
Right. I don't care what it takes. Get your asses out there and vote. Right, right. And we, we've got some great work being done. Uh, Stacey Abrams is doing a lot of great work, work on uh, making sure people get out to vote. She's putting out a lot of good information. And she's partnering with LeBron James and, and some other professional athletes uh, with a voting initiative they've got going on to make sure the word is getting out that people need to vote. You need to exercise that right. And a lot of the sports teams to offset what's going on in a lot of places, especially in minority communities where they're reducing the amount of polling places. A lot of your professional sports team are like, oh, we'll fix you. We'll open up our arena. We'll make our arena a great big polling place. Mm-hmm. So so the Atlanta Hawks are doing that down in Atlanta. They're going to open up their arena to be a gigantic polling place uh, for people in Atlanta. And a few other sports teams are doing that well as well. So the, the games these people are playing to pro, you know prohibit, especially black and brown people from voting, because they know that if if we turn out, it's over, it's over. And so people can't be listening to a lot of these people, man, that are that are talking foolishness to you know hold your vote hostage and you know don't vote because you know we don't like this particular candidate, or whatever. Don't fall for the okie doke. We need to get out there, and it's to me you would be dishonoring. The memory of John Lewis, C.T. Vivian, and so many other people uh, that have made the right to vote possible, man. You need you need to pay homage to these folks and do the right thing. Do the right thing come November. Do the yeah. right Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's for sure. Absolutely. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of consternation out there, man. There's a lot of people that uh, are feeling that their voices haven't been heard. Now, I will say this, that the leadership that was exhibited in the 60s and 70s and 80s, on through the passing of C.T. Vivian and um, John Lewis, you know, who's going to take up the mantle? You know, right now, Black, Black Lives Matter is that vehicle there just needs to be some leadership that developed. It's, it's like you've got uh, a, a wheel and there's 70 spokes on that wheel. Right, right. They, they've all got something in common, but they're all separated at, at one thing. The, the one thing that's in common is that they're keeping that wheel rolling down the right. road. Right. However, we got to find a hub. You got to find that hub. You have to find that post. You have to find that centerpiece that's going to hold that wheel true. Okay, so that's what that's what Black Lives Matter and all the people that support Black Lives Matter, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, everybody that's a part of that movement. That's what has to happen. Someone has to develop out of there that will uh, be the post to that hub and that now. There, there are people that are going to say that, oh, Black Lives Matter, it's a communist group. They just throw out bullshit. You know, it is it is a, a group that's controlled by this person or that person. It is a leftist group and all that. So they're just trying to, like anything else, they're trying to bring down, bring in the negatives of the group so people won't support it. Because if people support, they know that lights out. Right. Lights out. So let's throw let's throw enough. Let's throw enough sand in it 
to, to screw up the engine so that this car, this vehicle can't continue to move forward. And so you hear this, you hear that, you know, and they try to to diminish the importance of it. And then they'll throw in people to cause havoc. You know, right, they'll throw right. in people to go in there and raise hell and to cause problems to make it look bad so that um, people don't people won't gravitate to it. Right. Right. That's one thing for sure. I mean, I don't mean to take completely over this. And I'm going to be honest, white folks are good at using their ability to discount black folks, brown folks, minority folks in order to get what they want. And they seek power at all means necessary. And most of it right now is 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 um, being controlled or being supported by the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue who doesn't know his his head from a hole in the ground because he always has his head up his ass most of the time. <laughs> You're absolutely right, man. Uh, you, 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 you see it all the time. It's, I think it was, excuse me, I think it was the, uh, the current owner of the uh, co-owner of the uh, Atlanta Dream in the WNBA. She's a senator. And she oh, was God. a lot of that foolishness that Black Lives Matter. Uh, they're a they're an organization. They want to overthrow the government and and all this bullshit. It's like, lady, sit the hell down and shut up. I mean, you don't even know what you're talking about. But that is the strategy. And if that, and that's if, it. You know, that's the strategy. And so uh, I, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement uh, and partnered with some other organizations. Um, uh, Vote Latino um, has a coalition. Um, so a lot of these organizations, they are interacting with each other, which makes them even stronger. And so there are some good young voices coming out of this movement that I think could possibly be the next wave of to follow in the footsteps of the C.T. Vivians, John Lewis, uh, the Al Sharptons, those folks. There, there's a good, good throng of young voices out there, uh, and one of one of the young people that I like uh, right now, her name is Tiffany Cross. I like, <laughs> That's I my like, girl right there. <laughs> I like her, man, and, and, and I think she can be a force to be reckoned with. And uh, I, I bought her book, uh, Say It Louder, which is talking about voting. Uh, I just picked up her book last week. Uh, on Friday, I picked it up. So I'm going to start getting into that. But I like Tiffany Cross. I, I like the way she 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 carries herself, the way she speaks. She's very um, direct. Her communication is clear. It's succinct, dead on. So I think she is one of the voices uh, yeah. that I would like to see rise up and, and lead this next wave yeah. of, of folks that are, you know, not going to stand for a lot of the bullshit that's going on, man. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think Mickey she Cross can... is a good one. Yeah. As a uh, matter of fact, I, I, I can never forget back in the springtime, you know, she was on one of the one of the uh, talk shows <laughs> and one of the funniest damn things I've ever heard in my life, she said, and it's talking about, you know, people following the the uh, occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and she said people people have to get out there and work hard against him and she goes you know some people 
have fallen for that trap that the current occupant has on them and says, you know, you can take you can take um, people to the water, take a horse to the water. But then the horse will turn around and kick you in the Easter eggs. <laughs> so, I mean, I must have laughed for 20 minutes because it made it made sense. You know, some of these folks. She is talking about black Republicans in, right. in particular. You know, you can follow his lead and then he's going to turn around and kick you in the nuts. Right, right. You which, know, it's, which, right, which we see that every day. We see man. it, man. I've, I've got guys that's in my fraternity that I'm like, you're following, you're following an idiot. Yeah. Don't yeah. fall for it. I, I thought you were smarter than that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Take a horse to the water, and then the horse will turn around and kick you in the Easter egg. <laughs> Tip, <laughs> Tiffany Cross is a good one. She yeah. is. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah, I love Tiffany Cross, man. And like you say, if you if you get a chance, pick her book up. It's called Say It Louder, and it it it's centered around voting, uh, which is a it's it's the hot topic now. Um, Another person I like, and you may be familiar with, is Angela Rye. Yeah, Angela Rye is sharp, man. And and it's a it's it's strange. I'm mentioning you know two women, (laughs) you know, but uh, black women, man, show up. They show up and uh, they if if anybody's going to vote, I guarantee you black women are going to be there. Yeah. And so um, that's why Stacey Abrams work is so important. Uh, I think Stacey Abrams is going to galvanize. Um, you know, I think she has the power to galvanize black people across the country. I think she stands for all the good things that can be done. And again, she, Stacey Abrams should probably be governor right now of Georgia. Absolutely. She should probably be governor of Georgia right now. Had not, uh, you know, she got screwed out of that um, by, you know, in my view, was a blatant conflict of interest uh, with the secretary of state. You know who is over and overseeing elections? You're running in the. He's election. running in the. It's election. like, come on, man. You know, so uh, so yeah, lot lot of women, man, black women show up, and they have shown up time and time again, and so uh, those are those are two ladies, Stacey Abrams thrown in there, that I think, man, could be the wave uh, to be the the the, the voices. Uh, that uh, now that John Lewis and C.T. Vivian have passed Al Sharpton, uh, he's still out there. But you got to have a new wave of voices coming in. And so these are some of the folks I think uh, have the power, the influence uh, to, to do that and to be those voices. So um, more power to them. Yep, absolutely. More power and, to and, them. And this will continue, man. We have just got to... Um, make sure that everybody is involved, stay ahead of the game. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, don't fall for the okie doke. Nope. You know, uh, keep pushing forward, wear those damn masks. You know, we need you to vote, not get sick. Right. Okay, that's very important. Um, and, and, and the people, of course, most of the people that are, are affected by. COVID-19 are, are minority folks. That's right. So think about all the voices that are going to be lost because of the um, uh, the, the virus itself. Right, right. You know, think about all the folks that are locked up right now for doing stupid stuff. 
who once they get out of prison, they, they never can vote again. That that right. makes no sense. That right. that law, those those protocols need to be changed. You know, right. a person a person that goes to prison for doing something stupid in his youth should after 20 years or whatever they paid their dues should be able to come out and and and, and use their vote. I right. mean, that's right. Uh, right. That's something that needs to change as well. Right. And and you know, we we were my wife and I were talking about this uh, yesterday morning, man. It's like you know, you you send somebody to prison for 10, 15 whatever years and we always say, well you need to pay your debt to society. Okay. You've locked me up for 10, 20 years, whatever. I've paid my debt to society. But when you let me out, you make it more difficult for me to assume a rightful place in society because I've done what you asked me to do. I paid my debt. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, if you owe somebody something and that debt is paid from that point on, hey, once once you pay your car loan off, that debt has been paid. You don't owe the bank nothing anymore. Right. But we make it so difficult for people once they get out of prison, they can't assume their rightful place back in society because we make it so damn difficult for them to do that. Yeah. You know, so that that may be a topic for another podcast, but that's something that needs to change because we, we victimize people all over again. You know, for for doing what we locked them up in the first place, you yeah. need to pay your debt. And so my debt's been paid in full. I should be able to assume, you know, my life uh, as a member of society. I need to I need to have my rights restored. You know, yeah. so um, I do want to throw in um, there's a great documentary out now uh, about John Lewis called Good Trouble. I want to yeah. throw that out there. It's on demand. Uh, and I'm I'm going to watch it probably next weekend, uh, but it's out. Uh, Erica Alexander produced that. If, uh, oh, Erica, yeah. Yeah, Erica, yep. Erica Alexander produced that. Mm-hmm. So um, if you get a chance, check it out. Uh, but we, we, we want to never forget, man, the, the work uh, that John Lewis, C.T. Vivian, and all those other folks that you mentioned at the top of the broadcast who are on the Mount Rushmore of civil rights and uh we are here today doing what we do because they put in the heavy lifting, man. And as Cory Booker said, they dug that well, man. And and we're privileged to be able to drink water from that well. And uh, we need to respect that. We need to honor that. And I implore all our uh, brothers and sisters out there, please uh, think about what these these gentlemen and women have done uh, to forge uh, civil rights for us and uh, and respect that respect that in the way you conduct yourself uh, respect that and that's yeah. that's the least you can do that is the least of your service is to respect the memory and try to carry on in the in the fashion that uh, that they would want you to carry on uh, you so. know you know Wayne we should also this is a podcast down the road we should also um, do a a podcast on the women yes that that stand out there you yes. know so there's a, a mount rushmore of women leaders we can go back to sojourner truth we can go back to ida b wells yeah you know let's 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 do a podcast on that down in absolutely the future. absolutely because you, you, we don't yeah. want to we don't want to turn them out because right now right. women women are 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 the, the biggest voting block right that's in right. america right 
black you women know? are holding it down. And, and the uh, ones that's going to that's going to get the current occupant out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is probably going to be women. Right. You know, right. With his foolishness. Right. You mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, Diane Nash. Uh, I think you mentioned Fatty Lou Hamer, Ida B. Wells, Sojourner Truth. Uh, um, Harriet Tubman. I mean, yeah, black women have been holding it down for a long, long time. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, that can definitely be a future uh, episode uh, for the Across the Tracks podcast. Most definitely. Yep. Uh, one other thing here that I wanted to uh, mention and want, want your thoughts on this. And this is just drives me nuts. and It just pisses me off as well. And that is the current occupant just blatantly trying to scare white people. You know, he had his little Rose Garden speech and he says, now, now the suburbs, they're going to ruin the suburbs. What he's, what he's saying, and this goes back to, you know, what we talking about, John L. Lewis and John Lewis and those guys. What he's saying is that I am losing the suburb. There are more suburban white people that are going to vote for Joe Biden, then that's going to vote for me. So his play is, how can I scare the white people into voting for me? And it's pretty simple. He says, now they're, now they're coming after the suburbs. In your suburbs, the property values are going to go down and, all, and, and, and there's going to be crime and all this is going to go on. And he's, he's just not saying what he wants to say. What he is saying is that if you vote for me, we're going to keep black people out of the suburbs. And then once black people get into the suburbs, then your crime is going to go up, which means your property values are going to go down. And once your property values are going to go down, you're going to lose everything. Your businesses and everything's going to fall apart. And what you're going to have is a ghetto out in the suburbs. I mean, this man, I, I have, this is the first time I've actually said this, Wayne. <laughs> Donald Trump is a racist. Yep. 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 I, I, I have, I've never said that before until now. Yep. I've known it. But when he starts saying that, you know, they're coming out to the suburbs to, to ruin it, then... That's a bridge too far. Yep, yep. That's a bridge yep. too far. But that, you know, that that's all he's got, man. That's all he's got. All, all he, all he, all he has to do or try to do, he continually, man, going back to this old crap of dividing people. That's all he's got. He has nothing else. He has no substance to anything. He he hasn't done anything in three years to improve the lives of anybody in this country. He's made a mess of so many things, and here we are now. You know, hundred almost one hundred forty thousand people dead because he. Ah, this is no biggie. It's a joke. It's a hoax. They're out to get me. Whatever. He always falls back to the same old crap. So no, he can't come right out and say, "I don't want these black folks out here." You don't want these black folks out here in the suburbs. But it's the coded language. We all know what's up. We all know what's up. What he meant by that. And when yeah. when he said it, I'm like. You, you know, you want to you want to call him something, man. But you're like, this dude, man, is he is appalling. As my wife said, he's vile. He is vile. And if that's all you've got 
to to try to you know influence people to vote for you i mean you're pretty pathetic if that's all you've got and that's all you can offer people the fear of people taking over uh, your livelihood that, that's pretty weak it's pretty sad pretty sad yep so that that's why we got to get out there, man. We got to get out there and vote this fool out of office because he is bad for the country. He is an embarrassment on the world stage. The way he represents this country has represented it's we're, we're an embarrassment to the rest of the world. We're banned. Now we're banned from traveling <laughs> to other countries yeah. because of this fool. You know, we're banned. We can't travel to Europe because of this fool. You know, and so we're in the midst of a pandemic because this fool won't recognize the science, doesn't want to hear from the science. You discredit a man who's got more experience in his little pinky than you've got in your whole freaking pea brain. You know, so he he's pathetic, man. He is pathetic. And the worst he will go down as absolutely the worst president in the history of this country. I You can put that down, mark it down. He will go down in history as the worst president in the history of the United States of America. So, yep, it, it, he can't say it, but we know what, what what's up. It's the same thing with Make America Great Again. We know what was up with that. And so, uh, got to vote, man. Got to vote. You know, it's, it's so bad, Wayne, that <laughs> I don't even use the term great in anything anymore. Nothing. I do not use it. I'll I'll ask Siri, you know, what can I use other than this? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm in the process. Well, I I had to write a a speech to the township because you know the school board president opening day the superintendent speaks and then the school board president speaks and so on. Well, since this COVID thing's going on, um, there's not going to be an opening meeting. You know, usually. Everybody that's in the township meet at one of the at the field house mm-hmm. at Southport High School. And then, you know, it's just an opening day and the superintendent and the school board president gets to make a speech. Well, since we're not doing that, I have to videotape a speech, you know, so uh, tomorrow I have to tape it again. I taped it last Thursday, but the microphone, something messed up when they were editing it. And so I have to go over tomorrow. And as I was doing my speech, you know, every time I came to the thing, to a, a, a word in there that great was in it, I yeah. substituted a different word. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I, I that word is going to be left out. I, I'm going to try to leave it out of my vocabulary because the negative connotations that comes up when it's when I see that term, that word, because it makes me think of, as you mentioned, the person that's going to be the worst executive of the United States in the history of our country in yep. since yep. seventeen since seventeen eighty nine. Yep, yep. He that he has that honor, and uh, they need to have a ceremony. And present him a trophy because <laughs> it's like, here you go, man. You are the worst president in the history of the republic and uh by hands down no one comes close man no <laughs> one comes close you know so uh i hear you man i hear you um i i think 
you know, um, you know, we're going to wrap up here in a second or in a bit. But I think you and I would both agree, man, that the United States is is a pretty good thing. It's a pretty good thing, man. When you look at the rest of the world, it's a pretty good thing going on here in the U.S. Can we be better? Absolutely. And and we've said it before on, on numerous broadcasts. What what all the protest is about, what John Lewis, C.T. Vivian, uh, A. Philip Randolph, all these folks marched, protested. All they wanted America to do was to live up to its creed. That's it. And that's where we find ourselves today. People just want America to live up to its creed, man. Equal across the board. Treat this person the way you do that person. Regardless of their skin color, treat them the same. Give them the same opportunities, whatnot. That's all people are asking for. So uh, I, I hope at some point we are going to get there. Uh, again, I'm not going to say the word because I don't, I don't want it to cause you any pain. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say the word. <laughs> but America can be better than it is, and we can truly live up to the creed on all our founding documents. We just got to be willing to do it. Right. And I think the momentum right now is there to propel us to that. Yeah. So the question is. Are we going to do the work to get us to that point uh, to where we can uh, be all that uh, this country is supposed to be? So that's where I'll leave it. All right. That sounds good, brother. This has been a nice conversation. Uh, Once again, we want to pay homage to the memory of uh, C.T. Vivian, who died, and John Lewis, that that died. and within the past uh, few days, and without their heart, without their dedication, America would be much different. Yep. You know, it's it's very evident that they have a they had a lifetime of work that has had a positive influence on every. American that's here. All 300 million people that's living in this country today, whether they like him, hated him, disagreed with him, or support him, we've all been affected by these two men's work for the American people. Yep, yep. And and, and I want to throw in one more thing uh, before we before we close. And that is when, when, when you think of the president of the United States, you think of and it's not so much necessarily the person who occupies the office. It is what the presidency represents. And when an individual, the stature of John Lewis passes, you expect the president of the United States to have some words uh, to reflect upon a life well lived. Not the words, I'm saddened. I mean, if that's that's all you can utter, I'm saddened. After you've played golf for 14 hours, all you can say is, I'm saddened. That, that tells you a lot about the individual currently occupying the highest office in the land. You can't you can't muster up enough courage and to offer some sympathetic words and some encouraging words and talk about a life well lived you can't even do that 
And I, I thought, man, that that just really pissed me off is that that's all you can say about this great man is I'm saddened. And I mean, he didn't on. write that. But he didn't even write that. He didn't write it. And Somebody it, from the White House wrote it. Yeah, it's it's pathetic, man, that that this guy, this guy put in more work than you ever have done in your entire pathetic life. And it, and now that he passed, that's all you can say is I'm saddened. Hell, we're all sad. Yeah. We're all sad, you know, but you are the leader of, quote, the free world. And it's at this time to where, hey, you need to muster up some courage and to reflect on this man's life and what he did for this country, man. And this, that service, he served above and beyond the call. And you can't even muster up enough words to say that other than I'm saddened. You know, sit your ass down. Don't don't yeah. want don't want to hear nothing from you, man. No nothing from you. So I apologize for going off the rails a little bit, but I, that just pissed me off, man. That you can't say anything about this man's life when yeah. when it's looked upon for you to do that. You can't even do that. So yep, 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 yep. You know, uh, Wayne. There's you know a lot of things that that we deal with a lot of things that we have in common deals with music yes and there is and i'm trying to think of which there is a song by prince called colonized mind yes have you you heard that yes i have that just reminds me so much of folks that fall in behind fall in behind him, especially black folks that fall in behind yep. Yep. Uh, this fool yep. because they are definitely uh, a colonized mind. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a shame that they, as we mentioned before, falling for the okie doke. I don't yep. get it. I don't understand it. I never will. You know, it's not the fact that most black folks vote for Democrats I vote for, and I've always said this, I've always voted for who I thought is the best candidate. Right, There's right. no way in hell that this guy is a best candidate for anybody. There's no. no, There's no <laughs> way in hell that this guy has done anything for the average American citizen. He's done nope. nothing. He's nope. only done things for himself, his family, and for really, really rich white folks. Yep, yep. Yep. There are and, a few and, rich black folks, too. I'm yeah. not going to say that. Rich Asian folks and Hispanic folks. You know, Goya beans. Let's fart that out here for a second. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and then uh, but for the most part, for every American that is like that are like you and I, who has gotten up every morning, has gone to work, worked our ass off and gotten to a point where we can be able to send our kids to school and have something. He's done nothing for us. Nope. Nope. You know, he's given 20, 40 million dollars to the rich people and I got 24 dollars. Right. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, about 20. I think we when we added ours up, we got about 20, maybe 25 dollars and some change. Yeah. You know. And there are a hell of a lot more people like us than yeah. like them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- that's what I, I don't get, man. And, you know, we're, we're digressing a little bit. but Sorry. But, but, but it's all good because, you know, I think we, we can be free enough to say this because, you know, this is our podcast. And for the most part, we're going to keep it real. And uh, I've, I told my wife this and I'll say it again. 
we had the opportunity. People may not have liked her, and and Hillary Clinton had her issues, but on paper, this woman was more than qualified, and I guarantee you, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in now if she were in the White House. I guarantee that. But what we did was we, because people decided, and and 53% of white women who thought they're so independent and so strong, they succumbed probably to the wishes of their husband says, don't vote for that bitch. I guarantee you that's what was said. Don't vote for that bitch. So they went into that booth and pulled the lever for this clown. So we have that to thank. And then we've got a fraction of black folks who did the same thing, which I will never understand. But I have said it before in conversations with people. I'll say it here on these airwaves. We will accept the dumbest white man putting them in roles that they are not qualified for over a qualified woman or minority. It happens all the time. And what we're getting now is a result of that. Putting someone in the highest office in the land that don't have a clue. Clueless. Clueless. And we've seen it. We're paying for his his dumbness. His he doesn't care only about himself, his narcissism. Every, we're paying for that, man. 140,000 people have died because of this guy's incompetence, doesn't care, putting out foolishness, hoaxes, and all this other crap that everybody somehow is against him, that somehow a disease was made up to take him down. Give me a break, you know? So I, I, I don't get it. I truly don't get it how people can say with a clear conscience, this guy is my guy. And, you know, the guy who uh, beat out Jeff Sessions uh, down in Alabama last week. Tommy Tuberville. Yeah, Tommy Tuberville had the nerve to say, this guy is the best president I've ever ever had in my lifetime. Are you shitting me? (laughs) (laughs) This guy? Come on. Come on, man. Come on. We, 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 people are, people, a lot of people have fallen for the okie doke. Matter of fact, let's let's update the okie doke. People have fallen for the rope dope. That's what they <laughs> they fall for the rope dope. The rope dope. They fall for the rope dope, and it's like you got to be kidding me, man. You must be on crack or meth or something to say this guy is the best president you've had in your lifetime. Yeah, I mean it's sad, man. It is sad what we have allowed this country to be taken down a path that it is going to take a long time. If Joe Biden is elected, it is going to take him a long time to reverse a lot of the damage that has been done by this clown, man. It is going to take him four years to get a lot of this stuff straightened out because of the mess that has been made. You know, so I, it's sad, man, to see where our country is. And it's, and it's, it's all because of one individual, one individual. So, we we did, you know, we did go off a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> like yeah. We, say, we 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 want to go back. We we want to end on something positive. Yes, life's well lived. C T Vivian, John Lewis, in memoriam, and we we pay homage to you because you did a lot for us. Absolutely. Rest in peace. Rest in power. Rest in power. Absolutely. <laughs>
Well, I think that we're right at the top of the hour, my friend. And yes. uh, this has been a really good conversation. We, we're going to continue this with another uh, another podcast, except the next one we made, the, the down the road, we may uh, add in some of the powerful women uh, that have uh, contributed to uh, this country as well. So um, we'll, we'll move forward from there. Absolutely. All right. Until uh, the next time on Across the Tracks, we'll be here. Check us out. Uh, We have a web page. I'm not a web page. We have a Facebook page. But check us out on SoundCloud, uh, Apple, iTunes, and your Google Google Play. We're on those platforms. So if you have any comments, questions, episodes, things you'd like us to talk about, or if you'd like to be a guest, drop us a line, hit us up. And we'd love to get you on because we are an equal opportunity podcast, you know, <laughs> and and we do like to keep it real. So um, we look forward to your comments and uh, we're here. Uh, so until the next time, I am Wayne. I am Steve. All right, my friend. Until next week. Till next Arrivederci. Chiliamo dopo.